Hey, what's up, Missoula? It's Coulter Nuanez of your favorite daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Not only does the M Store in downtown Missoula have the best and most unique Grizz gear you're going to find anywhere. That's right, they're all Grizz all the time down there at the M Store, which if you haven't been into their relatively new location there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway, go check it out. You're going to find Grizz stuff that you can't find anywhere else in Missoula or anywhere else in Montana. But they also have a new Apple store inside the M store. Now, I've been using a MacBook Pro for the better part of a decade, and it is awesome. But it's also a little bit precarious to find somebody to fix it. I also have a habit of leaving my MacBook chargers in various airports across the United States. Don't worry, I've accumulated like four or five of them now because I have to rebuy them. And then they, you know, eventually find them and send them back to me. But that's here nor there. Any and all Apple products you might need, any and all Apple service you might have to have taken care of, they can help you down there at the M Store. Go check out the M Store for all of your Apple needs and all your Grizz needs. The M Store, located in the heart of downtown Missoula, where they're all Grizz all the time. One, two, three. is now on ESPN Radio. Method Man has one of the fastest and sweetest flows in all of hip-hop. There's a hilarious and cool video going around social media right now where Wu-Tang Clan is at a show, and they're all, uh, they're all taking turns ripping off, I, I think, freestyle riffs. And they, uh, it, it's at a big festival, and uh, as is a, a good addition to society, I think, uh, very often um, at these big shows, there'll be a sign language interpreter there signing you know, for, for anybody that's hearing impaired or fully deaf. And... Uh, how fast the lady has to sign to keep up with Method Man while he's rapping is amazing. But he sees this going on, so he's like egging her on and loving it while he continues to spit. And she's going crazy to sign and sign and sign in so much passion. And it's just a great video. It's just, it just made me happy. Well, as now you been radio. Uh, thanks so much for hanging out with us here on your Monday. I'm Coulter Nuanas. This is... Uh, your favorite daily sports talk show coming to you from the ESPN MT studio here uh, at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting, locally owned and operated for more than 15 years, and happy to say so. A uh, random tweet that has popped up on my timeline that could be of some interest. Locally, uh, the Portland Pilots, University of Portland, is finalizing a new contract that will run through 2028 with uh, head coach Shante Leggins. Leggins, previously of Eastern Washington, uh, I would say certainly one of the well, most well-known and also probably one of the most hated coaches uh, by Montana and Montana State fans during his time at Eastern Washington. I love Shante Leggins. I got to know Shante when he was first an assistant on Jim Hayford's staff. The last time the Big Sky Tournament was not at a neutral site. It was in Missoula, and my media seat happened to be right next to the scouting seats that the assistant coaches would use. Well, at that point, Leggins was trying to grind as hard as he possibly could to get a head coaching job, so he was scouting every single game. So I sat next to him, and we got to know each other, and then uh, then I eventually became the head coach at Eastern. And uh, the year that uh, Eastern made the NCAA tournament, it was incredibly hard to get media passes because of the uh, coronavirus. So we actually did not get credentialed media passes to go cover the NCAA tournament, but Coach Leggins was uh, gracious enough and generous enough to give us some team tickets so we could go cover Eastern Washington against Kansas. And uh, I just thought that that was so, so kind of him. 
And I'll never forget that gesture. So a lot of people were wondering, what the heck is Shante Leggins doing going from a uh, Big Sky Conference team that uh, was in the NCAA tournament to a Portland program that has had next to no success pretty much ever? But Portland State, or excuse me, University of Portland has been uh, better under Leggins. He's won 33 games the last two seasons. It's a uh, program that had only won 37 games the previous four years and only won seven West Coast Conference games. Leggins won 12 over the last two seasons. So certainly uh, improvements are certainly uh, getting better. So that's uh, some Big Sky Conference news for you. A couple things before we play NBA Blindside. Uh, we gave you the news, but I want to get a little bit more reaction. Uh, Andrew Houghton joining us here on Nuanas Now. He's our producer, uh, as well as a uh, contributing member of the show and a contributing writer at SkylineSportsMT.com. Uh, your thoughts on Isaiah Afonso? It's it's so interesting the way that this whole saga has played out. He told the whole world, and Brent Vegan told the whole world, that he was just going to play another year at Montana State. So then when he hit the portal, I always tease that I, I'm like unshockable. You can't shock me anymore. He was the one I was shocked by because they were like so outwardly verbal about him coming back. And then he just left. And then it became even weirder when he went to San Jose State because there's a million different places you could go. San Jose State is certainly objectively not as good as Montana State in any form or fashion. So... Uh, it was sort of weird. Well, now he's out at San Jose State again, and now he's going. Uh, he was back in the portal. Now he's back out of the portal. He's going to Cal. Uh, this has just been a weird. It's just been a strange saga to follow. He just can't stay away from the the blue and gold, you know. <laughs> That's right. He goes to San Jose State, and then now at Cal. Um, yeah, it's just. I think if he had just entered the portal and ended up at Cal in the first place... It'd be way less weird. This, yeah, way less right. weird of a situation, but just the, the way that the whole thing went down, and, and nobody really knows. I mean, there was a lot of speculation around this whole process, with certainly, you know, as you mentioned in the first hour, a lot of people speculating that he was just going to go to San Diego State. For sure. And that would make sense, but I think people are There was also of, the thought that maybe he goes back to Montana State. When he entered the portal again, so, yeah, sure. It just wasn't good at San Jose State, or wherever it might be. Uh, yeah, and nobody really knows what the reason, what you know, his reasons are for going to Cal now. So I think that's going to lead to um, a lot more speculation. Certainly on the field, it's a really good opportunity for him. Uh, it's a place where you know I think he'll have the chance to to get a lot of touches, to get a lot of carries, to win a job. Uh, but also, you're going to get quite a bit of exposure playing in the Pac-12. They, um, the the Cal Bears, that is. Only have a few running backs coming back from last year's roster. Just sort of scanning their their message board in the Twitter sphere. It does sound like he'll have an opportunity there. For this young man, it comes down to one thing. If he's healthy. Isaiah Fonse's ability is immense. He has been an unbelievable... I mean, he was a top-shelf talent the moment he walked onto campus at Montana State. I, for one, never, ever understood how he was just an FCS recruit. I thought he was FBS all day from day one. That's why he rushed for almost 4,000 yards in Montana State. I mean, every game that he was healthy, he was the best running back in the Big Sky Conference, period. So um, he's a, a top-level talent if he's healthy. He's just got to be healthy if he wants to contribute for Cal. And certainly just for, for his own sake, certainly help, hoping that he does get that one healthy year, right? Because this is a guy who, like you said, I think if he is healthy, 
probably going to open up a lot of eyes around the nation uh, for what he can do in the Pac-12. But again, you just want him to play those 12 games or whatever it is that they're going to play. I think if he does that and he, he's getting you know 20 touches a game, like you said, he's going to put up some numbers. The other piece of drama in college sports, this is actually not even dramatic. This is just absolutely, absolutely stupid. But Bob Huggins, who was the head coach at Cincinnati for almost two decades, for those that are unfamiliar, Cincinnati is obviously in the, the city of Cincinnati. Xavier is also in the city of Cincinnati. Uh, is Cincinnati a private school? I, I know for a fact that Xavier is a Jesuit school. Is Cincinnati a private school? No, I don't think so. Regardless, they, they are rivals within their city because they're both premier basketball programs. Cincinnati's got better at football, but they were both sort of deemed as, as basketball schools um, for a long time. Huggins now has been the head coach at West Virginia for almost 20 years. But today, uh, he used he used and reused several homophobic slurs and also had sort of a back and forth with Billy Cunningham on a radio show in Cincinnati where they also said some disparaging things about transgender people. And the whole thing was a nightmare. I can't believe I listened to the entire clip. The whole time I was like, what are you doing? No, stop. Don't say that. Oh, no, you're still going. Stop. No, stop saying all that. And then by the time it was all over, I think that like all these people are going to get fired like four times for what they said on the radio today. I'm not going to tell you what they said. You can go look it up. It was really bad. More than anything, it's just... It's ignorant and stupid, and those are two different things, right? It's ignorant to still have those those words within your lexicon, but it's also just so stupid to say that kind of stuff on live radio. Like, just absolutely figure it out. The reason I bring this up, though, because I usually don't like giving stuff like this play because I think it's just m- more gasoline on the fire, and I just think that not saying this stuff and not acknowledge. I mean, I, I just think that we just need to be beyond this and above this. I, I just think we just need to evolve above this. Regardless, the reason I'm bringing this up is because Bob Huggins is the head coach at West Virginia. Raekwon Battle, one of the most popular and prominent players in men's hoops in the state of Montana this last year, uh, the best player on Montana State's Big Sky Tournament title team, he entered the portal and then decided to go to West Virginia. Now, I don't really know how this plays out, only because Bob Huggins has gotten away with all sorts of really fireable things at West Virginia over the last 15 years. I think at this day and age, do you got to fire him? But I don't, I don't know if that will happen. But I do think that the result of what happens from what Bob Huggins said on the radio today could have an impact on Raekwon Battle. You'd have to think that when this news hit, and it's blown up, I've gotten alerts on my phone like six different times about this. Um, you'd ha- you have to think that Raekwon Battle, at the very least, sent his old coach a text and said, Hey, Danny, hey, Coach Springs, what's going on? I don't know about this. So I, I hate to speculate, but you have to think that if, there- if-, if there's a falling out in Morgantown, that uh, Raekwon Battle might be uh, back on the open market. Yeah, I don't think there's an if there. There's going to be a falling out in Morgantown. I, yeah, I mean, really you think know. he's getting fired? I mean, you kind of have to What's fire What's the him. punishment that you're not going to fire? I mean, can you suspend him for a year and bring him back? The punishment is going to have to be severe. Right. And I, I don't even, you know... All about talking about in, in this day and age, that's sure. something that you can't do. I mean, the things, that that's just, you know, vile language that he's using, right? Well, it's just so stupid. It's 
first of all, it's just ignorant to say. Second of all, it's just stupid. It's just stupid to say swear words on the radio. I mean, and, that's I mean, just kind of how it goes. And it's so so casually used, right? If you're right. listening to the clip. Well, and yeah, he doubled down and said it twice more. It wasn't like a slip up. Oh, I'm sorry. He like yeah reset it multiple times. So it's difficult to apologize and be like, oh, those words are not a part of my vocabulary. You know, which right. is normally the form that those apologies take. Um, yeah, I I think there's certainly going to be a falling out, and I think it's it's almost certainly going to take the form of of him being fired there. Um, and and as for what that means for Raekwon Battle, I mean we 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 talked so much about the list of offers that he had for sure. Uh, certainly, I believe probably almost all of those schools would still be interested if he were to to hit the open market again. Our dream of the Big Sky All Stars in Logan, Utah, it remains intact. We've got several of them, but the one that was missing. Uh, was Raekwon Battle. So if uh, if by chance he hits the open market again and then by chance if he matriculates his way uh, to Logan, uh, more talking points for us. But uh, either way, we'll let you know what goes down with uh, with the old Huggy Bear uh, at West Virginia. Uh, last thing I wanted some reaction to, we reported on this, and, and we interviewed the young man last week. But I wanted to get your take, uh, Andrew, on... Connor Dick, uh, stay at home. The Missoula Hellgate product, state champion. He's staying home to play for the Montana Grizzlies. I have given my soapbox sermon on uh, on Montana guys and the opportunities or lack thereof in the Division One basketball world. Uh, I know you didn't. You only watched Dick kind of se- secondarily through highlights and stuff like that because uh, we're often so busy with Big Sky hoops during that time of year. Uh, so not necessarily just an evaluation of him as a prospect for the Grizz, but more just like the premise of a Montana kid getting a shot to play for Travis Dekir. What do you think? Yeah, that's the number one takeaway for me here. Just that seeing him get an opportunity like that is, I think it's, I think it's really great. Obviously for him, I think it has the potential to be really great for the program. And that was sort of just my biggest takeaway is. You can't close that door completely to Montana kids, right? You, you don't have to. You don't have to take one every year. You don't have to feel like you need to build your roster around Montana kids. Certainly, in this day and age, you can't do that in Division One anymore. But for kids around the state to feel like they have the opportunity to play for the Grizz and Cats is something that's going to uh, uplift sort of the careers of high school basketball players all around the state, as far as. Connor Dick goes, you know, I I said I think that I I think he's right on the borderline. I think there's a chance that he can grow into a contributor for the Grizz. I think he's, you know, he's a guy who's certainly in the right situation, is good enough to play basketball in the Big Sky Conference. I'm not sure how confident I am that he gets to that right situation. I, I I'm not sure how likely it is that he becomes a real contributor in the Big Sky Conference, but I certainly think that him getting the opportunity to prove that is a good thing. I also think that this day and age with how easy it is to transfer, the flexibility when it comes to transferring, the opportunities that both real and uh, manifested that exist out there, plus just sort of the, the way that society works now, where it's just it's easier now to walk away or re-explore or flat quit than it ever has been. We see, uh, let's just use the Montana basketball program as an example. 
half if not more of the freshman classes that Travis DeCure has brought in, half of each class leaves within a year or two over and over and over again. And sometimes that's because the prospect was misevaluated and they just aren't as good as maybe the, the staff wanted them to be. Sometimes maybe the, the, the prospect themselves underestimated just how long the Montana winners are. Regardless, there's roster overturn all the time with guys leaving before they even have a chance to develop. I think that you uh, you mitigate, you're not going to ever eliminate, but I think you mitigate that a lot if you have more Montana guys on your roster. You're going to have 15 guys on your roster no matter what. Five guys need to be number 11 through 15 on your roster every year. If those guys are the guys that are staying, then maybe the guys that are, let's say that number 11 through number 15 on your, your uh, sort of pecking order for playing time are all Montana guys. And you have a much higher retention rate. At least you're assuming you have a much higher retention rate with those guys. Well, maybe half those guys then could become number three through number eight on your roster or whatever right. it might be. By, by, by their third year, right. yeah. Right, but then all of a sudden you would maybe have some upperclassmen in the program. You know what I mean? Like, Mac Anderson's a great example. Mac Anderson was uh, uh, by no means a superstar, by no means an all-conference player. He was a fine player, though, for the Grizzlies who played 15 to 20 minutes a game for the last three years of his career. And I just think if you had a bunch of guys like that, it would it would solidify a lot of the different intangible elements of your program. No doubt. And I think the last thing here is that, like, specifically in this case, I think that Connor Dick is a guy who understands that, uh, who's, uh, you know, his eyes are open to the realities of the situation. I mean, he's been in here multiple times. We've had the chance to talk with him. Uh, great kid, you know, well-rounded kid, smart kid. Uh, seems like somebody who recognizes that, hey, maybe by the second or third year is when I'm going to get to start, you know, when I'm going to have developed enough uh, to have a role in the rotation. And, and you know, just being clear-eyed about that is a plus as well. Who is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take an early break and uh, come back, play a little NBA blindside and have a history lesson about a couple inductees to the Montana Football Hall of Fame. That's next. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. Coulter Nuanez coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company on behalf of both ESPN Missoula and Skyline Sports. Here are some of our friends from Blackfoot Communications, one of our great business partners at both entities. They've done so much for us in helping us develop so many different things at Skyline Sports. Also help bring you our ESPN Radio podcast network as well. We're here with Hannah Kreis from Blackfoot Communications. She is a business development representative. Tell people just about your history at Blackfoot. How long have you been at Blackfoot? Yeah, I've been at Blackfoot three years now. When it comes to just uh, your actual job title, what is it that you do? I mean, what is your primary things that uh, go on in your day-to-day at Blackfoot? Yeah, so I target and work with small businesses um, and just helping them get connected to internet and phone services, just smaller grade equipment and services that they might need and not all of the bigger enterprise. What's your favorite part about your job at Blackfoot? I like connecting with people and meeting new people and going out and just having those conversations and getting to know them in the community. And how about just the organization in general? I mean, it it seems like such a great company to work for. Yeah, absolutely. It's very community-based, very family-oriented inside as well, and it's definitely very enjoyable. If you want to find out more about Blackfoot Communications in general, visit goblackfoot.com. Great website, very easy to navigate. They can help you with all sorts of things from small business development to any sort of fiber, internet, communications, anything like that. 
small business networking, all of it. Visit goblackfoot.com. television. I wonder what these guys are doing right now. Ying Yang Twins, Mike Jones. It's a great time in rap. It's funny because you know when when, when hip hop first you know hit the hit the quote unquote mainstream, there was like the crossover people that were trying to you know have some semblance of of pop appeal. And then there was, you know, the 90s wave of East Coast versus West Coast and the stories of the streets. And uh, I, I think it was uh, largely an education for many Americans, especially white Americans, of what was going on in some of the more disenfranchised areas uh, of our country. And uh, then it kind of went into this party mode hip hop. And, and that's sort of been the, the overwhelming trend for the last 15 to 20 years. But, but there was that that fun time like in the mid to late 2000s, where sort of the regionality of rap rose to prominence, and, and especially the Southern influence in rap, the Dirty South, you know, the, the guys from the ATL and, and elsewhere. And those guys were just having the best time and just singing about all sorts of dirty stuff, and it's just fun music, man. I, I was loving listening to my playlist over the weekend. Welcome back. Duan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I, uh, I'm drinking coffee right now. I don't know why. I have given up drinking coffee. I certainly drink a lot of caffeine. I gave up coffee because it was making me super anxious and not feel very well. But I already drank... Uh, the only version of energy that I have here, I already had one of those today. And I didn't want to have another one. So I'm just compulsively drinking coffee. So, you know, if this show goes completely off the rails, that's why you know. Uh, y- y- you know why. Let's talk some uh, football Hall of Fame. The Montana Football Hall of Fame, our seventh induction ceremony, Coming up in Billings, Montana on June 24th. If you are available, please come join us. It is the biggest football reunion in Montana. I think we're getting close to about, I think, two dozen of our um, previous inductees. Some of the who's who of the football world in Montana. They are uh, all going to come back and join us. So not only will you see the star-studded class of this year, but you'll also get to see a whole bunch of the past inductees too uh, with some big time names and all the people you'll see and hear from have some sort of connection to the NFL. So this is the best of the best, the most talented people to come out of Montana. Here's our induction class for those that haven't been paying attention. Dallas Neal, who's a great Falls native who played at the University of Montana and then uh, has a sort of uh, unorthodox, but pretty crazy story of how he made it to the NFL. He was a punter, at Montana, and then all of a sudden was playing tight end for the Atlanta Falcons and then somehow made the team like that. Colt Anderson, who joined us a couple weeks ago, uh, Butte America's Finest, a Grizz alum, played nine seasons in the NFL. Mike Person, Glendive, who joined us last week on the show. Uh, he is a Montana State alum who played nine seasons in the NFL as well. And then a couple that we're going to learn about today. First... Let's learn about Lynn Ahrens. Lynn Ahrens is a Wolf Point, Montana, 
native. He played at Eastern Montana College in the late 1960s and early 1970s. That is uh, now known as Montana State Billings. And Lee Aaron, Lynn Aarons, excuse me, was a 12th round draft pick in 1973 by the San Diego Chargers. He played a little bit in the NFL, but then went on to have his greatest success in the Canadian Football League. And he now lives up on the Montana Highline. His current tie that binds is that he is the grandfather of Trayton Pickering. So Trayton Pickering is a, uh, a rising star at Montana State. Sunburst refiners, baby. Uh, <laughs> it's it's always a great story when you got a kid. First of all, most of you have listening out there, I, you probably have a hard time even telling me where Sunburst is. So Sunburst is in Canada, basically. It's about five minutes from Canadian border. Uh, it is really, really remote. It is really, really small. I mean, I can't imagine a, more than 150 or 200 people live in Sunburst. But Trey Pickering played six-man football up there, and now he's not just like on the team. He is a great player at Montana State. I actually think that he might be one of the sneaky NFL prospects in the big sky. When it all is said and done, I just think he's got the build. He's got the body. And we'll see. I'm not putting all that weight on him, but I, I just think that he has some of the stuff that you can't teach, as the scouts would say. Uh, but he comes from good stock as well, with, with the grandfather that played uh, in the uh, the National Football League and the Canadian Football League. I also thought it was interesting, and this is this uh, has been a, a reoccurring thought for me ever since I, I became a part of uh, working on the bios and uh, helping out the inductions on the Montana Football Hall of Fame. For uh, right now, there's a lot of different options for football players that come out of the state of Montana to play collegiately. The Cats and the Grizz are both obviously very competitive, and they always have a whole bunch of Montana guys. Usually about half at least of their rosters are made up of in-state players. The Frontier Conference uh, has a quartet of programs, uh, Montana State Northern, Montana Western, Montana Tech, Carroll College, and I guess a quintet of programs, Rocky Mountain College, Montana Tech, Montana Western, Montana State Northern, and Carroll College. So several uh, more options for you. But I think people kind of forget this. Eastern Montana College had football all the way until 1978. And from 1963 to 1978, Eastern Montana College uh, was a viable option and probably even a better option than a lot of the frontier schools at that exact moment in time. Now, there's been a lot of research and there's been a lot of debate over whether now Eastern Montana College now is Montana State Billings University. Um, there's been a lot of talk and a lot of debate on whether MSUB should explore bringing football back. And if they did, what that would do for campus life, campus culture, what would it do to recruiting in Montana? Uh, if MSUB was to add football in their current state, and they were to uh, remain playing in the Great Northwest Athletic Conference, there would be Division Two. Now, I think I think that would be interesting because while NAIA sports actually have an elevated standing in Montana, because I think that most sports people. Uh, sort of revere the Frontier Conference and, and realize that it is is sort of, you know, 
The Frontier Conference is like the best of the best for non-Division I high school athletes from around Montana. Then they get to go play at college, and there's just so many familiar faces, and it's kind of just like the Montana All-Star teams. And I think that's cool. But from a, like a national perspective, I think a lot of people would tell you that they think Division II is a higher level than NAIA. I think sometimes that's right, sometimes that's wrong. I think it just depends on who you're talking about. But I do think having a Division II football program in Montana's most populous city would be interesting. Because I definitely think that MSUB, if they had football, would certainly sometimes, I'm not saying always, and I'm not even saying prevalently, but I do think sometimes MSUB could beat Montana, uh, uh, could beat maybe Montana, Montana State, but also they would, I think, more often maybe beat the Frontier Schools for recruits. I also think that whenever there's a, uh, a sports program or a football program particularly in a town, you're probably going to get a lot of guys just from that town that want to stay home. So if, if you just picked up, you know, half a dozen guys from the Billings High Schools every year, and, and maybe those guys are staying home to play at MSUB instead of going to Tech or Carroll or, or Montana or Montana State, whatever. I also think you get a lot of drop-down guys from the Cats and the Grizz that maybe go back to to MSUB. I don't know. I just I just think they could be competitive. Now, all that said, I don't know if that would be a good thing for the state of Montana in football. I, I think having more mouths to feed when it comes to recruits probably isn't great. You know, the Frontier Conference has, has been going through it in football. In men's and women's basketball, the Frontier Conference is great, and they're sending multiple teams to the national tournament every year. In football, they've been sort of eating them, themselves alive. They, they used to only have the Montana schools, but now they have out-of-state schools in the Frontier Conference as well, like Eastern Oregon, Southern Oregon, College of Idaho. Those programs have become legitimate contenders. Forever, though, you also knew that the... I mean, the dynasty of Carroll College was one of the great dynasties in the history of sports in the state of Montana. So the best team out of the frontier was also the best team in the country when those two went hand-in-hand as the Carroll College Saints. Since Carroll's fall from Providence, everybody else in the frontier has gotten better, but no one has risen up to be the true dominant power. That then has made it so the league is sort of stuck. All of the best teams in the league basically beat each other up, and then one team gets to go to the playoffs. Like last year, only one Frontier Conference team went to the NAIA National Playoffs. So uh, sort of a little cannibalism going on in the Frontier Conference. No, it's now ESPN Radio. Uh, Montana Football Hall of Fame coverage. The banquet is in Billings, Montana, June 24th. Uh, You can get tickets at all of the different Universal Athletic Stores around the state of Montana. There's one in Billings, Bozeman, Butte, Great Falls, Helena, Kalispell, Miles City, and Missoula. You can also visit mtfootballhof.com. That's mtfootballhof.com. Tickets are $100 per person or $800 for a table of eight. They're on sale now. And it's always a night to remember at the Montana Football Hall of Fame. So if you'd like to join us and you're able to join us, please do. Let's learn about one other of our inductees. So we always have players category, uh, a players category. That's usually the, the glut, uh, the, the, the majority of our inductees each year. Then we have a legacy category. And then we have a, a support category for coaches and contributors and people like that. Our, our inductee in our support category this year is a man named Dan Rambo. 
Dan Rambo comes from Libby, Montana. He played at Carroll College. He led the NAIA in rushing during his senior year, 152 yards per game. Amazing. He then was an undrafted free agent with the New York Giants. In 1976, then, he got a chance with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, where he played for a season up in the Canadian Football League. And then Dan Rambo was a member of the uh, Oakland Raiders practice squad for a couple years. In 1979, he retired from playing, and he started a health club uh, in Helena, Montana. He did that for a couple years, but then he got back into the football world, this time as an executive. And this is where Dan Rambo is going to go into the Montana Football Hall of Fame for his long and distinguished career working as a scout as well as a director of player personnel in both the Canadian Football League and the National Football League. I had not known about Dan Rambo uh, until he was one of our inductees this year. But uh, a, a career worth remembering for sure. So Dan Rambo first got back into pro football with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in 1982. Uh, John Herrera who had been a Oakland Raiders executive. He was the general manager of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and he wanted to have a friend be his chief scout, so he hired Rambo as the director of player personnel. Rambo is well-remembered for his development of one of the first computerized scouting systems. This is in the early 1980s, and uh, that helped revolutionize the way that uh, the Canadian teams were able to scout. In 1990, so, so Rambo worked for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders from 1983 to 1990 as the director of player personnel. Then for a brief moment in time, he joined the World League of American Football as a scout. But in 1991, he was named the general manager and the director of football operations for the Ottawa Rough Riders. He uh, held that position uh, just for a year. Before then, getting back into the NFL, he worked for the Denver Broncos for a year. Then he went back to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, where he was director of player personnel for four years. And then he went back to the NFL, and he was a scout for the Denver Broncos from 1998 till 2006. Dan Rambo then uh, completed his professional football career with a three-year stint with the Hamilton Tiger Cats when they were first added uh, to the Canadian Football League. So Dan Rambo uh, had a wide-ranging career that taught uh, that brought him to a uh, great many places, uh, mostly in Canada as well as in Denver. Uh, but cool, I just had never known uh, about him until this project, and so uh, he will be the lone inductee to the Montana Football Hall of Fame in our support category. Dan Rambo of Libby, a Carroll College native, and uh, NFL and CFL ties. Montana Football Hall of Fame in Billings, June 24th. Please join us if you can. Tickets available at all the various Universal Athletic outlets across the state of Montana. You can also find them by visiting mtfootballhof.com. I know you've been waiting and waiting and waiting some more. NBA Blindside on the other side. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine DeLands of the Advocates if you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, the advocates can surely help you. Yeah, I mean, the sooner you call us, the better. 
You know, we're available 24-7, consultations are free, and when you've been in that accident, insurance companies are going to be jumping all over you to talk. So give us a call first and get yourself an attorney. 406-640-4444 or online montanaadvocates.com. Free consultations, the Montana Advocates reminding you that you deserve an advocate. ESPN Radio Missoula. Pharrell, I bet you didn't know he was part of a actually non-pop uh, hip-hop group. Maybe you did. I don't know. It's amazing how much more famous Pharrell is now uh, than he was back then. Thanks for tuning in and making us famous. Snow is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Coulter Nuanez. Uh, rolling here on your Monday. Appreciate you being here. Missed anything in the show? Talked about all sorts of different stuff today. Grizz lacrosse, one and done at the MCLA National Tournament. Montana State, they advanced to the second round, so there's just eight left there uh, at the MCLA Tournament in Round Rock, Texas. The Cats are one of them, so we'll keep you apprised of what's going down there. But a, uh, a Disappointing ending for the Grizz, but certainly a great season for Montana. We had a good time covering them this year. And we appreciate their collaboration with us to help get our ESPN MT app launched and continue rolling. And hard to say that uh, it was anything but a successful season. 17-3 and overall. Swept the major awards in the PNCLL. So, uh, good year by Grizz Lacrosse. We also talked news of the weekend. Isaiah Fonse headed to Cal. Isaiah Kerr out at Montana. We also heard from Josh Hustis. He's a Great Falls native who uh, played in the NBA, first-round draft pick out of Stanford, who's now back in Montana, giving back to the youth of this state. He is hosting the Montana Elite Invitational, which is a uh, basketball showcase in Helena later this month at Carroll College. Uh, So it was fun catching up with Josh. We also... Uh, talked about you know reactions from all a lot of those pieces of news. And we also talked about the Montana Football Hall of Fame, a history lesson about Lynn Ahrens and Dan Rambo, a couple of our inductees into the Montana Football Hall of Fame that maybe uh, you didn't know much about. I didn't until we uh, started researching them. So you can catch everything from today's show on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by GoBlackfoot.com, the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and the Montana State Bookstore. Or best place to get blue and gold on game day or any other day, any time you are on the Montana State campus. We only got about uh, seven, eight minutes remaining. But I do want to talk a little bit of NBA. The uh, Lakers-Warriors is going about exactly as I thought that it would. I did get burned last night, though. Uh, I I rolled with the Celtics. I had the Celtics minus one and a half, and uh, it was almost good. But James Harden hits a 24-footer, and uh, the the 76ers win in overtime. So that series is now tied 2-2. Even though Phoenix has got nothing, and Chris Paul has just rolled out for Game 5 as well, Phoenix has uh, stepped up big time and won two in a row. So that series with the Nuggets and the Suns is tied 2-2. Miami took a 2-1 lead by ousting the Knicks over the weekend. That was a a good pick, and... uh, Miami could take a dominant 3-1 lead in Miami tonight if they take care of business. 
And then the uh, the last one, the most intriguing series, a pivotal, pivotal game five. Excuse me, game four between Golden State and Los Angeles. The Lakers stole game one, and they're up two to one. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. But it, uh, it's a huge one because if it's levied at two to two, now we have the infamous pivotal game five in that series. But if LA goes up three to one, man, it's going to take a, a, a Herculean effort for Golden State to come back from down three to one, especially given the mismatches the Lakers have uh, in that series. Uh, all right, we'll play some more NBA Blindside tomorrow too. But what do we got? What are you? What are you guys cooking on there behind the glass? Well, an alert, real quick. We will have that Lakers Warriors game tonight on 102.9 ESPN Radio. Pre-game starting at 7:30. Tip off at 8 p.m. So keep it tuned for that. Uh, Coulter, I was going to hit every series with you, but I don't think we're going to have time for it. That's okay. Are you buying into James Harden as a crunch time playoff killer now? Well, I mean, I will say this. James Harden has had the only two good moments of his playoff career. That's actually unfair. James Harden was really good in the playoffs. His very early on in his career with Oklahoma City Thunder. But he was, like, coming off the bench then. He was definitely coming off the bench then. That, honestly, ironically, is what made James Harden turn into way more of a journeyman than the other people that were part of that uh, that trio, right? Harden was so good coming off the bench in those playoffs that... If he would have been a little worse, they might have been able to consider keeping him. Yeah. As ironic as that seems, but they saw internally how good he was, and they're like, okay, we got three dudes who are... And they knew his next contract was going to be an issue. Exactly. They, they were like, okay, we got three dudes we know we're going to have to pay, we can only pay two. Who we choose? And they chose Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant instead of James Harden, and uh, that's played out in varying fashions for all three of those guys. But Harden has largely faded in the playoffs. But I, I thought his Game 1 performance in this series was virtuoso, and I thought that his uh, Game 4 performance was the single best playoff performance of his entire career. So it's not completely rewriting his legacy. He still has more disappointments than he does big-time uh, performances, but I do think that it's enhancing it a little bit. It, it's helping him here later on in his career. I mean, because he's been really the thing that has kept the 76ers in this series. 76ers have two wins in this series, I think, by a combined five points. Yes. Celtics wins are both by double digits. For sure. But Harding gives them 45 in game one and then 42 in the game winner (laughs) in overtime uh, yesterday in game four. He's the reason the 76ers are still in this series. I mean, Embiid has been good, but not MVP-level dominant. I just think that... Uh, he's rewriting rewriting his narrative very quickly in this series. I, I totally agree. And, uh, man, if if the this this is this is why the NBA is so awesome and why it's so fascinating to me because you build all the, these teams with these superstars and these superstar coaches and and you know you have these these high pressure fan bases. The result of this Philadelphia-Boston series is going to fundamentally change the Eastern Conference for the next couple years because whoever wins it is going to have this elevated sense of what they can accomplish. Whoever loses it is going to be like, what do we do? Like, if you're the Celtics, you've already been waffling. Are we we going to re-sign Jalen Brown? We already got Tatum. He's maxed. Do we like these guys as a combo? If they don't make the conference finals, it's a real question if you go forward or not. It's the same thing in Philly, though. You got Joel Embiid as the MVP. You got James Harden getting along with Joel Embiid for the first time ever. But if it it hits a brick wall, 
where do you go next? It's going to have a fundamental impact on the future of the East on both sides, no matter who wins or loses. Yeah, losing in the second round is a really tough thing. It is. To, it, it's kind of a really tough place to be because if either of these teams, you know, if they had gotten upset in the first round, yeah. I think you go in and you say, well, we really need to make some changes in That's the offseason. Right. That's right. If you lose in the second round to another really good team, it's like, well, man, and especially this series has been very close so far. It's like, are we a couple tweaks away from making, from pushing through and getting to the conference finals? But on the other hand, we, we you know, we were still two steps away from the finals when we right. lost. We couldn't even make it to the conference finals. Do we need to blow this thing up? Do we need to just make a couple tweaks? Do we need to run it back with this exact same group? Uh, you can you can sort of catch yourself second guessing yourself. Uh, you know, especially if you lose in the second round. You know, if you make it to the conference finals, you're probably like, well, we're okay here. We're we're one step away from where we want to be. If you lose in the second round, man, you got to watch guys play basketball for another month. After you're out of the playoffs, what does that do to, to your front office and what you do going forward? Well, and then sometimes it makes it so you get stuck, too. Like, I hearken back to when Damian Lillard hit the walk-off buzzer beater to, to oust the Houston Rockets. And then when the, the Blazers couldn't get they, – they won that game. Or they won that, that, that series, moved on in the second round, and then they were sort of stuck. And then they just have dismantled that team. And Dame's just been stuck in Portland all by himself since then. So you never know what sort of effect it could have. I think it's probably even just more true a little bit in this year as well because, uh, you know, there's still the specter of Milwaukee hanging over the Eastern Conference. For sure. But this is the year that you've really got a chance uh, to make it happen. And if you don't make it happen in this series, you lose out on the opportunity for a good matchup in the conference finals. What are these teams going to think? Such a reminder of how Milwaukee is such a small market, too. Mike Budenholzer got fired. Hardly anybody talked about it. The people that I know that are Bucks fans are outraged by this. Yet, it's not really even part of the conversation because Milwaukee, when they're not in, they're not talked about. It's weird. We'll see you tomorrow. New on is now ESPN Radio. What's up, everybody? It's Coulter Nuanez from your favorite daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now, which airs live each weekday between 4 and 6 p.m. on 102.9 ESPN Missoula as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV, and worldwide on the ESPN MT app. And of course, as you're listening right now, you can always find Nuanas Now archived as well on the Nuanas Now podcast. One of the biggest events on campus every single year at Montana State is the MSU Spring Rodeo. Get rodeo ready with the MSU Bookstore all month long. MSU Rodeo tees and equine accessories will be available starting on April 10th. All month long, you can get three t-shirts for $25, two crewnecks for $50, or two hoodies for $55. Go check out all the great rodeo gear at the Montana State Bookstore on the MSU campus. The Montana State Bookstore also does a great job of giving back some of their proceeds to help reduce textbook costs for students across the MSU community. And of course, it's your go-to place to get your blue and gold on game day or any other day. Montana State's rodeo team, as prestigious and nationally powerful as they come. So if you're planning on heading to the spring rodeo, swing by the MSU Bookstore first. When you're in need of some Bobcat gear, Go check out the Montana State Bookstore located in the Strand Union Building on the Montana State campus in Bozeman, Montana.